As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Instagram is a beast. There is no lie that every single week the algorithm changes, there's a million new features, there's so much to keep track of, so much you have to worry about, and all you're trying to do is scroll your business, trying to get more customers and make more sales on Instagram. That is why we created the Insta Club Hub to help you learn exactly what you need to know to stay up to date with the changes that are actually relevant to you as a business owner and to help you grow your following and customer base on Instagram. The Insta Club Hub is available at instaclubhub.com, and there's also a link in the show notes down below this episode. Join the Insta Club Hub now and finally start winning at Instagram by tomorrow. Hey, what's up? And welcome to today's episode of Build Your Tribe. In today's episode, I wanted to have a conversation with you. Not as much tip-based or, hey, here's the latest Instagram strategy, but rather I just wanted to open up the conversation and share my thoughts around the idea of, when does marketing go too far? Where's the line? Where do we draw it? And as entrepreneurs on social media, how do we determine where that line is for ourselves? And what got me onto this topic was something that I've recently decided on my own Instagram, and that's that I'm no longer going to be sharing trending audio alerts. And let me explain why. First and foremost, I think that while trending audios can definitely be helpful, and for some people, trending audios are a great catalyst for your success, and they can definitely, if used right, if timed correctly, they can help you go viral. Definitely, trending audios exist for a reason. I mean, they are trending quite literally. And so if you hop on that wave early enough, a trending audio on Instagram or on TikTok or even on YouTube shorts for that matter can help you reach more people. That's definitely true. And we will still, I want to say this, continue to be providing trending audio updates within the Insta Club Hub. In fact, we just launched our Insta Club Hub 2.0, which is insane. The feedback we've been getting so far, we worked really hard on this. It took about eight months to create this new platform. Tens of thousands of dollars have been poured into this to try to make it a, a platform that can help you achieve results faster, more streamlined, and with less headache and less effort and less time on Instagram. So with that being said, we're still providing trending audio updates within the club. We're doing it a little bit differently now. We're sending you a weekly email with the trending audios for that week. And that's still provided because like I said, they can still help you. Trending audios can still be of benefit to you. But I think on Instagram, I've seen way too many Instagram coaches smothering the feed day after day with trending audio alert. This audio is about to blow up. Use this audio. This audio is about to trend. Mark my words. And I myself have said some of these things because in a way it drives attention, right? It drives engagement. It's kind of like a, a FOMO, like you're drumming up this fear of missing out in people that they need to use this audio that you just provided for them 
in order to potentially go viral and get a ton of followers. And in reality, it's only a very, 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 very small percentage of people who even use that audio, even if they use it right when you say it, a small percentage of those people are really going to have success because of the audio. And so the way I look at it, it's kind of like a diet pill in the fitness industry. Like, sure, some people might have success with a diet pill. Some people might lose weight and have a great transformation story because of a diet pill. But for the most part, I think, and again, I'm not a fitness expert here, but in the fitness industry, I don't think that a fitness coach who just sells diet pills is necessarily looked on as highly as, say, someone who's actually giving workout advice or nutritional information or lifestyle advice. And so I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone who does still offer trending audio updates. Like I said, we still offer them inside the Insta Club Hub. It's just something that I'm not going to do on my own Instagram anymore. And I really struggled with this decision for a while because people ask for them. People are always like, hey, how come the trending audio arrow is gone? How do I figure out what's trending? Brock, hey, is this audio about to blow up? Hey, Brock, this person said that this audio is good. Should I use it? So I'm constantly getting questions about it. But at the end of the day, I know that it's not truly going to benefit people that much. And I know that it's primarily going to just benefit me. And I know that when I see other Instagram coaches sharing trending audio updates, the same is true. In general, of course, there are exceptions to every rule, but in general, when people are sharing trending audio updates, it's primarily because that's going to grab other people's attention and that's going to end up being a great performing post for the creator rather than something that's necessarily going to be that beneficial to the people who are actually using that trending audio. Not to mention who knows if it's really going to be trending, who knows if it's really going to blow up, who knows if it's really going to work for you. I mean, there's so many variables involved here, but just at face value, I think it's something that's primarily self-serving rather than audience serving. So I've decided recently to stop sharing trending audio updates on Instagram. But let's get back to the bigger question for today, which is when is marketing too much? When does it go too far? When do we cross that line? And I was recently re-listening to the book, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin, which is a great book. Highly recommend listening to it, especially if you're just getting into the field of social media marketing or you're running a marketing agency. Of course, if you haven't listened to that book, that's like one of the foundational, you know, the 101 class level books in the marketing space. But he says, marketing is the act of making change happen. And with that being said, of course, there are multiple ways to make change happen. There are multiple ways to make people do something. And I think there's kind of a scale here. I don't think there's necessarily black and white, right and wrong, but I think that there are some forms of marketing, some forms of influence to change behavior that are more benevolent you know, more good, good intentions, good hearted, and some things that are more malicious, more deceitful, or or just basically trying to trick people, really. That's ultimately oftentimes what malicious marketing looks like. It looks like manipulation. And manipulation is control or influence of a person or situation through clever, unfair, or unscrupulous, which basically just means not honest or not moral ways. And I think that's of course, when marketing crosses the line. There are some marketers who will do anything to get the sale. There are some people who will do anything to get engagement, to get more clicks and views. I can think of some famous celebrities, some of the most famous people on the planet got to that level of notoriety because they use some form of 
audience manipulation or some form of unjust or unmoral way of going about that. I think of YouTubers who became famous because of clickbait, which if you're not familiar with clickbait is, clickbait is essentially where you're trying to get someone to click on a video for some sort of outlandish, crazy, eye-catching headline. But then when they click on the video, it's not really that. And I think to some extent, most YouTube videos, most podcasts are clickbait, but I think there's a difference between baiting someone in and they actually get what they signed up for, or they're getting a version of what they signed up for and baiting someone in to just bait and switch, right? So like this podcast, for example, we had to come up with a creative title. We had to come up with something that had marketing in mind that enticed you to want to click on and listen to this episode, but it might not be delivering exactly what you had in mind. Of course, that's different than if this podcast was titled, you know, how to make a billion dollars in the next seven days on Instagram. And then you clicked on it and it was just me talking about when does marketing go too far. I think that title would be an example of marketing gone too far. And again, to go back to the idea of influencers and celebrities, there are plenty of people, even politicians, who have become famous and gained notoriety and attention for saying outlandish things. And Ultimately, that's marketing. They're saying these crazy, out-of-pocket, totally out-of-left-field expressions and sayings and making these bold claims, oftentimes racist claims or just inappropriate or explicit things, things that no one would ever say. But they're saying them because they know that even if they get canceled by 50% of the world, 50% of the world is going to love them for it. Even if they get canceled by 80% of the world, 20% of the population is going to love them for being bold enough to say that crazy thing. Ultimately, that's really just marketing. And in my opinion, that form of marketing, clickbait, saying outlandish things, manipulation, that's crossing the line. And of course, I think most people, I think most listeners to this podcast would agree. And that's why I say that everyone has their own line. We all define morals, what is fair, what is just, what is the difference between clever and tricking people. We all define that differently. And my line is always evolving and changing as I learn. And I think that you as an entrepreneur, I think that you should adopt that same belief or that same practice because if you're lines of what is moral, what is just are always fixed. I think that's a dangerous position to be in because I think you can get caught up with outdated ways of thinking or following strategies that were maybe okay 15 years ago, but aren't as okay now. And I'm not talking about cancel culture. I'm not talking about being woke. I'm just talking about there are some things that might've been okay in 2005 on the internet that are a little bit more taboo nowadays. And so I think that if you have the ability to constantly be learning, to be adjusting, to be listening to other marketers and other entrepreneurs and to be soaking up information from what other people are doing, then I think you're able to learn and grow and have more of a, I don't want to say flexible, but more of an adaptable definition of morality and what is fair, what is just, and when the line is crossed in marketing. This episode is brought to you by the Travis Makes Friends podcasts. If you're a fan of fascinating conversations with interesting people, you're going to want to give this show a shot. After 800 episodes of his top-rated business podcast, Build Your Network, Travis Chappell learned that networking is really the same thing as just making friends with people. In this newly rebranded show, Travis Makes Friends, it's Travis's goal to simply give listeners like you a chance to get to know world-class performers, 
who can help you become a better version of yourself. There's an episode for everyone, no matter what you're into. Travis talks with Dr. Nicole LaPera about how she became one of the world's most followed psychologists. He also speaks with Tommy Ballou about his journey to building and exiting a billion-dollar company. Travis also talks with Nicole Michelle about how she went from being a pastor to an OnlyFans model and a social media influencer. You'll find something unique and useful that you can apply to your own life, like learning negotiating techniques from an FBI hostage negotiator or investing tips from billionaire investors. Travis is an experienced host who has been doing this for over five years, and I think you'll enjoy the new version of his show. Simply open your podcast app that you're listening to right now and search for Travis Makes Friends. Give him a follow and then check out a few of his recent episodes. And if you leave a review, mention that you heard about him here on the Build Your Tribe podcast to be entered into a contest for some new Apple AirPods. Or you can simply visit travischapel.com forward slash show. That's travischapel, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L.com forward slash show. I also think that there is a difference between using psychology, being clever, or being quick to take advantage of a trend, and being deceitful, lying, or abusing your power of psychology, abusing your power of cleverness. Let me give you an example. Let's say you were to click on a sales page, and as you scrolled through the sales page, the little buy now button at the bottom stayed right there. It stayed on your screen. No matter what part of the page you were looking at, no matter where you scrolled, the little green button stayed right there at the bottom of the page. In my opinion, that wouldn't be deceitful. That wouldn't be manipulative. That would be creative. That would be clever. That would be a way to keep that button around so that people have the ability to click on it, but they're not forced to click it. They're not tricked into clicking it. I think a different example, and of course this would be you know a dramatic example, but as you move your cursor around the page, as you scroll around the page, no matter where you click, it takes you to the checkout page. Or no matter where you click, the little button appears right below your mouse and you're forced to click on the buy now. That's different. That's a completely deceitful way of going about making a sale. Let me give you another example of where my opinions have changed. And this one was relating to Instagram. One thing that I used to do on Instagram was when I would make a post to my feed and then I would share it to my story, I would oftentimes cover it up on my story. Let me explain this a little bit more. I know it can be hard to picture when I'm spoken just on an audio podcast like this, but imagine I'm sharing a post to my story and then I'm taking a GIF or I'm taking a sticker or I'm taking an emoji and I'm completely covering the post with that emoji or that sticker, whatever, which then would force people to click on that post to see what the post is. Now, some people might say, well, Brock, that's curiosity marketing. And I would say, no, that's not curiosity marketing because that's just blatantly hiding what you're posting and forcing people to click on it to figure out what the post is. Now, again, this is something that I used to do and I did this for years. When Instagram first started allowing us to share posts to our feed, I would do this with basically every post. I think I even taught this at one point as a strategy that would increase the amount of clicks. And guess what? It does increase the amount of clicks. A lot of times, the more malicious, deceitful, unfair, unjust strategies, they work. And that's why they're so tempting. And so while it is tempting to cover up your reel or your post that you're sharing onto your stories, I now don't. And I recommend you don't either because essentially what it's doing, as I said a moment ago, is it's forcing your audience to click on said post in order to see it. 
I think it's different if you, let's say, let your audience read 80% of the post and then you cover up one little part at the bottom. Or you can create curiosity a different way. Maybe because it's a reel, only the first 15 seconds will play on your story, but the key moment that you really want to make sure people see that's really going to grab people's attention is at the 17 second mark. So by knowing this and by knowing that the story will cut off right before then, you can create some curiosity in other ways. There are other ways to create curiosity basically besides just blatantly covering your post and forcing people to click on it. And I remember I learned this from another Instagram coach who made a post about it. And at first, when I saw the post, I felt defensive, which by the way, if you ever feel called out, if someone is ever saying like, hey, you shouldn't do this, or this is tacky, or this is spammy, or this is deceitful and tricking, and you feel defensive, I want you to pause for a second because this is coming from someone who is often very defensive and something I'm working on. Shout out to my therapist. Take a deep breath. And ask yourself, why am I getting defensive of this strategy? Where did I learn this strategy? What is this strategy rooted in? The person who's telling me that this strategy is spammy or inauthentic or has crossed the line, do my beliefs and values align with theirs? And I want you to answer those questions and really take some time to think about the answers to those questions. Because oftentimes, once we overcome our own defensiveness, the responses that we have to people calling us out can be really profound. But why does all of this matter? Like, Brock, who really cares? I'm getting more clicks. I'm getting more sales. Sure, I'm being clickbaity. Sure, I'm being a little bit spammy. But like, who really cares, Brock? Because the bottom line is that my bottom line ain't doing so bad anymore. And I hear you. And I know it's tempting. Like I said earlier, these things, these deceitful things, they're enticing because in many cases they work and they might even be more effective, quote unquote, than the more just, fair, or moral forms of marketing. And I would say that this matters because of the word trust and the trust that our audience and our customers give to us. Ultimately, you might make a quick buck off of scamming people, but if you want returning customers, if you want loyal customers, if you want organic growth that you don't have to scam people out of, that comes to you naturally because your customers are recommending you to their friends and their family and their coworkers, if you want the growth that comes from word of mouth, which is, by the way, the best form of marketing on the planet, if you want that, that comes from building trust. That comes from being genuine, from being authentic. And after the year 2020 and 2021, we all have a finely tuned BS radar. That thing is just searching like one of those submarines, you know, beep, beep, beep. That just goes around searching for enemy bombs in the water. Like it is finely tuned at this point. We can smell that stuff. We can tell when people are being phony. And in some ways, it really excites me. It really makes me happy to see that people, the average consumer online is starting to, to wise up to some of these marketing tactics and some of these sleazy strategies. And so I want all of us as marketers, as entrepreneurs, as business owners and content creators, I want us to lean into authenticity, lean into being genuine and honest and not deceitful. And you'll be surprised in the long run, it leads to better results. Not immediately, but definitely. In fact, a recent study showed that the number one thing that consumers look for when they're making a purchase is price. Of course, that one makes sense. Price is the number one thing that matters when someone's making a purchase. But number two is trust skyrocketing up the list. It used to be like number six or seven. People cared about quality. They cared about customer service. Da, 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 da. How many followers do you have? How pretty is the thing? Now they care about trust. Do they trust the company? 
Do they trust the influencer? Do they trust the person they're buying from? Do they trust the product that they're purchasing? Do they trust that they're going to get the benefits that they're looking for? And so whether you have 100,000 followers or 100 followers, you can start building that trust. You can start being genuine. You can start being honest. And how do you do that? You be yourself. You don't try to copy anyone else. You don't try to mirror what someone else is doing or speak like someone else. You be you. You talk to your stories the way you would talk to your friends. You share your highs and your lows, right? Social media isn't just for highlights. Social media is also for honest truths, rough moments, things you're struggling with, things you're not doing so good at, things you could improve upon. Those things build trust. I think about my mom, some of the best moments for her in terms of building trust and building her audience and building a tighter knit more sense of community on her Instagram and Facebook and some of her other social networks has been when she's opened up about pitfalls, when she's opened up about missteps, when she's opened up about traumas that she's gone through or is currently going through. And when you open up about those things, your audience has an opportunity to come in. Your audience has an opportunity to fall more in love with you and to trust you. And ultimately, like I've said a million times, and I'll continue to scream it from the rooftops, when your audience trusts you, they will buy from you. I don't care how expensive your product is. I don't care how little followers you have. I don't care how small your marketing team is or how little your marketing budget is. If your audience trusts you, if your followers on an individual level trust you, then you can sell. You can make sales. You can make money online on social media. So in order to find your line, I want you to ask yourself a few questions. Ask yourself, how do other people's actions, specifically within marketing, make you feel? When you see an advertisement on TV or an Instagram stories ad that pops up or someone is trying to sell you in their Instagram reel, what feels genuine? What feels inauthentic? What feels kind of sleazy and scammy? And what feels just genuine and real? What feels trustworthy? And start to note this, even specifically like what phrases. For example, oftentimes we say the phrase, trust me, when we are making something very bold, making a bold claim or saying something that we really want to be impactful. But the phrase, trust me, implies that we should maybe have not trusted everything you've said before. So I want you to start listening for little phrases like that. What builds trust in you as a consumer and what breaks down your trust as a consumer? And also, when do you feel like someone's trying to trick you? When do you feel like something's going too far or something just doesn't feel authentic? Another question I want you to ask yourself is what is your own intention with whatever marketing strategy you're about to use, whatever tactic you're about to do, whatever call to action you're about to deploy, whatever strategy you feel like using today, I want you to ask yourself, what's my intention with this marketing strategy? Am I focused on my client, my customer? Am I focused on serving them on something that will benefit them? Or ultimately, am I using this strategy because I know it's going to benefit me? It's going to help my bottom line and help me make more sales. I want you to be really honest with that question. And then finally, where's your heart at? What's your priority? Is your priority serving your audience? Is your priority your customer? Or is your priority simply making more sales, any means necessary, get more clicks, trick as many people as possible, because that's the job of a marketer. And if it is the case, then you probably didn't enjoy today's podcast. But I want you to be honest with yourself about where your priorities and do your marketing strategies align with those priorities. Thank you so much for listening today. And as always, happy networking.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 